Welcome back to Teachable Moments with April. So we're still looking at the article about fake food on the Defender, Children's Health Defense News and Views. Now we're going to be looking at Cell Cultured Synthetic Meat and Dairy, the same uh, blog, the same article. Lab-grown or cultured meat and dairy products are now also being marketed as yet another alternative to animal products. With many companies investing in cell culturing or fermentation of foods made from real animal cells. In the case of cell-based meat, tissue is taken from a living cow and combined with extracted stem cells to grow into muscle fibers in the lab. Once enough, more than 20,000 have been obtained from this process. They are colored, minced, mixed with fats, and shaped into burgers. For instance, Upside Foods, previously known as Memphis Meats, produces meat through this method by using self-reproducing animal cells. The rationale is that such uh, an approach would eliminate the need to breed and slaughter a huge amount of animals, thus ironing out many ethical and ecological concerns along the supply chain. While lab-grown meat is not yet available to the public, companies like Upside Foods are heavily investing in research and development in order to make their products economically affordable over the long term to compete with commercial meat options. The Canadian company Better Milk, for instance, is also investing heavily in the production of cow's milk using bovine mammary cells. Yet whether upscaling lab-grown food will one day be economically viable remains very doubtful. An article from The Counter reflects on the limits of the transformative potential of this emerging technology, with particular attention to the many obstacles faced by cultured meat companies. Through a rigorous review of scientific data, the article demonstrates that cultivated meat gives rise to a lot of inefficiencies and limitations in scalability. Embodied by the need for intensive and sophisticated machinery, structural limitations on cell metabolisms and immunity to foreign contaminants, and a series of complex processes that all place a strict limit on the expanse of production. These factors contribute to a lack of cost competitiveness in comparison with the conventional meat products they wish to replace, as cultured meat production would amount to far less than conventional slaughterhouses, especially when cell culturing facilities at the scale needed have previously never been made viable. So then I'm looking at a diagram and it shows it in basically four steps. Um, for how lab-grown meat is made, it uh, shows a cow and them injecting. Tissue is taken from a living cow. They have a syringe here. Then the second step is stem cells. We have a Petri dish are extracted from the tissue. Number three, they show the stem cells are grown into muscle fibers in a bioreactor for six weeks. And then they show step four and a picture of a hamburger, a cheeseburger actually. Um, the muscle fibers are processed, minced, mixed with fats, and shaped into burgers.
The next subtitle to this particular article on fake food is the question, who is behind the surge of fake food and who benefits? Over the last couple of years and following the relentless emergence of new startups, the market for synthetic and plant-based alternatives has been rapidly expanding with financial backing skyrocketing in 2020. The Good Food Institute, a lobby advocate group for the adoption of animal product alternatives, reports that in the U.S. the plant-based market has grown, already grown, from $4.9 billion in 2018 to $7 billion in 2020, which represents all an overall increase of 43% in dollar sales over the last two years. Similarly, the plant-based meat market is also booming, having reached a value of $1.4 billion and registered a growth of 72% by 2020. Beyond Meat has been one of the hottest stocks in 2019. The plant-based meat uh, company's shares grew a whopping, oh my God, 859% during its first three months. The synthetic biology industry is also right behind. It has reached a value of $12 billion in the last decade and is expected to double by 2025 and to reach $85 billion in 2030. Companies specializing in this field have also grown sixfold in the last 10 years. Clearly, it is agribusiness that stands to profit from this lucrative and quickly expanding market. Therefore, it should not come as a surprise that a lot of meat industry giants like Tyson Foods, JBS, Cargill, Nestle, and Maple Leaf Foods are investing in this blossoming market. Moreover, high-profile biotech investors such as Microsoft founder uh, Bill Gates and Amazon founder uh, Jeff Bezos have also joined in by providing substantial financial backup to startups and biotechnology companies pursuing innovations in the sector. In fact, Bill Gates alone has already invested $50 million in Impossible Foods and actively finances Beyond Meat, Biomilk, Motif Foodworks, C16 Biosciences, and Memphis Meats, now Upside Foods, through his Breakthrough Energy Ventures Investment Fund. Other prominent startups funded by this billionaire investment include Eat Just Egg Substitutes Made from Plant Proteins, Perfect Day Food, which is lab-grown dairy products, and Not Co., plant-based animal products made through AI, to name a few. Given the widespread success of the plant-based industry, it is not surprising that big plant breeding companies like Bayer also see a great opportunity for investment and expansion in this market. As put by Bob Ritter, Bayer's head of research and development at the company's crop science division, in reference to plant-based meat companies, they are sourcing different types of crops, and that can also create opportunities for us being a company that is a plant breeding company. All right, the next subtitle in this particular article is posing another question. An ecological choice or wolf in sheep's clothing. Many studies are questioning the alleged sustainability of this industry, which now comprises a constellation 
of new green conscious startups. It is not surprising that the tremendous rise of synthetic food is happening at a time when ethical concerns linked to the meat and dairy industry are increasingly under the spotlight. As the industrial agri-food industry is threatened by consumer apathy, big companies that stand to lose significant profits are trying to tap into a new market of environmentally aware consumers looking for alternatives. Hence, the promotion of these synthetic foods is nothing more than a clever way to reorient profits back to the same old companies by repurposing the destructive technologies of the Green Revolution combined with new biotechnologies as a well-disguised sustainable alternative. This reinforcement of the industrial agriculture production model becomes evident when one looks at the ingredients that make up these synthetic foods, primarily made up of, not, of unconventional, sorry, conventional grown peas, potatoes, soya, coconut, and maize. These products rely on heavy processing, monocultures, agrochemicals, GMOs, deforestation, and a contaminating global supply chain. Yet companies remain adamant in their claims that their plant-based meats require less water, less land, and produce less greenhouse gases than their counterparts, as well as simultaneously ironing out animal welfare concerns. In so doing, they deliberately sidestep the impacts of the toxic industrial supply chain their products depend on. In addition, the lab-grown counterparts also require massive bioreactors and the use of sterile, single-use plastic equipment. To come close to matching current meat consumption, for example, production uh, facilities would need to number in the tens of millions, increasing problematic plastic consumption, and increasing energy requirements, all while still relying on globalized industrial agricultural models and supply chains. Most significantly, to run, these bioreactors require large amounts of nutrients for cells to grow and reproduce. Given the limited production of the individual amino acid formulations suited for cell culture globally, one hope is to use soy to derive the full amino acid profile necessary for cell growth. This would work to only further entrench the already destructive cultivation of soy. Gruesomely and ironically, other parts of the nutrient broth used to culture cells also directly derive from current industrial animal production as some of them are made using fetal cow's blood obtained from conventional slaughtered pregnant cows. Stem cells necessary for, self for reproduction during the cell culturing process also come from fetal cows. Without the mass abundance of slaughtered fetal cows, can cell cultured meat scale up? And so, can lab-grown meat be considered to solve the problem of animal welfare and environmental degradation if it is completely dependent on ingredients that derive from industrial beef production. This gruesome reality says otherwise. The next question posed in this article are, is this, are plant-based foods healthier? 
not if they are ultra-processed. It is now widely known how how industrial processing can make food less nutritious and thus harmful to human health. And according to a recent report, the the latest generation of junk synthetic food is no exception. In order to make their products chemically extracted protein isotates from commodity crops such as soy, peas, and potatoes are used and mixed in with added flavorings, food additives, and now, perhaps most dangerously, genetically engineered artificial ingredients to try to approximate the taste and texture of real animal products. As a result, these ultra-processed foods typically contain high levels of sodium, fats, and artificial food enhancers in order to be palatable, placing them under the same category as junk foods. Moreover, ultra-processed foods are made from refined ingredients, which means that they lack many of the nutrients found in traditional animal products such as zinc, iron, and vitamin B12. These nutrients and fortifiers thus need to be added as separate ingredients in synthetic meat, but cannot be absorbed as effectively as they would from whole foods and can cause harmful interference with other nutrients. As a result, our bodies may derive fewer health benefits from them and therefore they should not be part of a nutritious and environmentally friendly diet. Now this is something else they give like um, another um, picture or diagram in which it says what's inside the plant-based burger and then it has a column for GMOs, soy protein concentrate, uh, hydrolyzed corn or soy protein, yeast extract and shows soy and pea protein isolate and then they have something else that I cannot (laughs) um, pronounce I'm going to be honest and then they have chemical additives names that I cannot say and then it says made to give the purpose for this particular thing. Um, I'm just going to read them off. Okay, it says um, cheap additive to improve the texture of processed foods without adding any nutritional benefits often found in laxatives. Another one is used to thicken and extend shelf life of processed foods can cause spikes in blood sugar and increase risk of salmonella. Um, another one is a coloring retainer also used for, for flooring and fire extinguishing compounds. Uh, the last one used to fortify food and also as a pesticide to kill snails and slugs. And then at the bottom, um, it says, and many more. The safety of new ingredients and additives used is also a cause for concern. For example, to make the impossible burger appear to bleed like real meat, a synthetically produced hem molecule is added, which means from soy, um, globin, a colorant produced in genetically engineered yeast. The adoption of this patent new ingredient has been nothing short of controversial. According to the Center for Food Safety, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration did not conduct adequate long-term testing before approving the additive in 2019. And after a short-term rat trial, several potential adverse effects were detected like changes in weight gain, 
changes in the blood that can indicate inflammation of your inflammation or kidney disease, disruption in the reproductive cycle, and possible signs of anemia. Despite the lack of evidence that the additive is safe, Impossible Foods products containing genetically engineered hem are now being sold in supermarkets across the U.S., exemplifying the lack of testing and regulation for these new products and technologies. Highly toxic glyphosate has also been found in the Impossible Burger with amounts being more than enough to have a variety of negative, very negative health effects. This is not to mention the synergistic effects this might have had with the variety of toxic food additives these companies mix in to mask the flavors and the unknown health effects of syn-bio-produced additives. Profitable Patents Synthetic foods symbolize yet another profit-making machine used by billionaires and big corporations to capitalize on proprietary um, technology and increase their control over the world's resources. This is reflected in companies' ceaseless pursuit of patents for anything from novel processes of synthetic biology, genetically engineered ingredients like soy uh, lima hemoglobin, uh, protein texturizing processing and even the patenting of genetic materials such as raw materials. As was shown in this particular Nevada uh, International Gates to a Global Empire report, 27 patents have been assigned to Impossible Foods with more than 100 additional patents pending for other fake meat proxies from chicken to fish. The patenting logic that underlies the synthetic food movement sees animals and, and nature as disposable elements that can simply be replaced by more efficient technology such as lab-engineered products. This dangerous way of thinking reduces animals to mere inputs in a production system, thus completely ignoring our relationship with nature and furthering creating a rift separating humans from nature and food from life. Handling, uh, handing over control of our food to a handful of multinational companies does not only make us increasingly dependent on them, but it can also have detrimental consequences on local food systems and erode the food sovereignty of organic farmers. So now they present another uh, picture and it says the dangers of fake food. Um, they show the double helix of DNA. It says relies on technological uh, innovations such as synthetic biology, which involves reconfiguring the DNA of an organism to create something entirely new, not found in nature. It also says underneath that even though fake food is promoted as climate friendly, its production processes are energy intensive and still heavily rely on fossil fuel energy systems which do not represent an improvement in terms of mitigating the climate impact. Then it goes on to say even though fake food is advertised as eco-friendly, it is made with proteins from pea, soy, or corn that are grown on large monocultures which still rely on heavy tillage, chemical inputs, and GMOs. 
Then the next question here is, which future for our food? There are many dangers associated with above with the above discourses entering the global governance arena, especially if they mean a further consolidation of policies that shift attention and resources away from organic farmers and local markets toward a handful of biotech companies. Despite food advocates' claim that the proliferation of synthetic alternatives to animal products can resolve animal welfare concerns and solve many of our ongoing crises, the plant-based level label means very little. If it is based on industrial models, monocultures, GMOs, pesticides, and other destructive agricultural practices, that lead to biodiversity loss, ecological degradation, and worsening health. Synthetic food is thus noticing more than a fake solution that aims to replace products without challenging the power structures that underlie the corporate agricultural model. Moreover, it completely ignores the solution offered by the growing regenerative agriculture movement and completely disregards the role of small producers and food communities in shaping our food systems. This mindset explains why we will soon see beyond meat burgers and McDonald's, plant-based menus, when we should instead focus on the necessity for real regenerative agriculture and systematic change to protect nature and people's health. And in closing, the next thing that they discuss in this particular article is to say what we need is real food. In the end, these artificial synthetic foods dismantle our connection with nature. And in doing so, they completely disregard the role of natural processes and laws of ecology that are at the heart of real food production. By promoting the illusion that we live outside of nature's ecological processes, this new technology will only serve to increase corporate control over food and health, accelerate the collapse of local food economies, and further destroy food democracy. The real solution to the environmental and health crises should be based on an active rejuvenation and regeneration of the planet by working with ecological processes through agroecological and regenerative farming practices. Contrary to the claims of the agro-industry and food tech companies, food cannot be reduced to a commodity to be put together mechanically and artificially in labs and factories. Welcome back to Teachable Moments with April. So there's another article that is dated for April the 12th um, from the Defender, um, Children's Health Defense News and Views. And it's also on the subject of fake foods, in particular fake meat. And the name of this article written by Susan C. Olmsted is Fake Meat Won't Save the Planet. What we need are sweeping changes to the food system. And it says that corporations and their powerful backers assure the public that fake meat is a silver bullet that will reduce environmental harm and end hunger. 
but this is a falsely simple solution to a very complex problem, according to a report by the International Panel of Experts on Sustainable Food Systems. Okay, so then it goes on to say that there was a 104-page report that was issued that examines in detail Big Food's claims about the sustainability of alternative uh, proteins, lab-created meat and fish products, plant-based substitutes, and dairy and egg alternatives. Proponents of alternate uh, proteins assure the public fake meat is a silver bullet that will reduce environmental harm and it will end hunger. But this is a falsely simple solution, like they said. Um, in fact, artificial food will only create more problems, according to the report's lead author, Philip H. Howard, Ph.D., it goes on to say, and it quotes him, it's easy to see why people would be drawn to the marketing and the hype, but meat techno fixes will not save the planet. In many cases, they will make the problems with our industrial food system worse. Fossil fuel dependency, industrial monocultures, pollution, poor work conditions, unhealthy diets, and control by massive corporations. Just as electric cars are not a silver bullet to fix climate change, these solutions are not going to fix our damaging industrial food system. We need to change the system, not the product. Howard is a faculty member at Michigan State University, a member of the International Panel of Experts on Sustainable Food Systems, and the author of the 2006 book, Concentration and Power in the Food System. He told Civil Eats that artificial uh, alternatives to natural foods are becoming widely available and promoted as healthy. It quotes him saying this, Products such as Impossible Burger with its 80 plus ingredients are now in supermarkets and fast food establishments worldwide. Lab-grown chicken has been on the market in Singapore since late 2020 and will likely soon be approved in the U.S. and elsewhere. These products are being sold as a win-win-win for animals, people, and the planet. Now, in a report, the IPES Food Report analyzed eight key claims the group says shapes the debate on livestock, fish, and protein. The first one is we need more protein to meet the needs of a growing population. Number two, eating red meat is bad for your health. Number three, livestock production is incompatible with climate and sustainability goals. Number four, eating meat, dairy, and fish is part of who we are. The next one is alternative proteins are a win-win-win. That again, animals, people, and the planet. The next point is with wild fish capture stagnating, aquaculture production should be increased. The next point is technological advances can rapidly reduce the negative impacts of livestock. And then it goes on to say regenerative livestock systems can solve environmental problems like climate change and soil degradation. The report examined each claim in detail, including who is making the claim, 
who stands to gain from it, and what is left out of the argument behind the claim. It also looked at who will enjoy benefits or suffer harm as a result of the claim. Howard advocates shifting our focus from protein transition to sustainable food systems and policies reclaiming public resources from big protein and realigning innovation pathways with the public good. In the report, he wrote the following. Agri-food industries have clearly helped to frame the discussion around protein through lobbying sorry, and more subtle influences on public debate. Even when done indirectly or unintentionally, calls for a protein transition tend to reinforce the disproportionated focus on protein as a problem in food systems and various high-protein foods as a solution.